one awesome post can get you 2000 followers, you know, if it's really takes off and that's where you really get that kind of momentum. It's time for the creative real estate podcast, your source for out of the box real estate investing strategies brought to you by ecospace.com. Now here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the creative real estate podcast. I'm your host, Adam, AAA Adams. And today on the creative real estate podcast, we have somebody who's going to help you attract more people on your Instagram feed. I always try to help you with a Facebook because I understand Facebook, Facebook algorithms. The things that I do on that social media platform transfer very well to LinkedIn usually, but there's some nuances to how to grow your Instagram that Mark is crushing. I think he said that he's getting about 200 extra people a day on top of who was, uh, who was following him yesterday. He'll have two, two more hundred today. And you're saying to yourself, wait, what? I only have 200. <laughs> the only, the, I only have 200, let alone getting them all in one day. So how does he do it? Well, don't worry. We're going to get into that. Mark Ferguson has been real estate investor since around 2002. Oh, and an agent, by the way. He's born and raised in Colorado. Uh, he's flipped over 190 houses and routinely flips 20 to 30 houses each and every year. He owns 21 rental properties and 68,000 square feet of a strip mall. Uh, he is the managing broker and the owner of Blue Steel Real Estate. Mark is also the creative of Invest for More. That's F O U R. <laughs> more.com. Don't worry if you can't spell it. It's in the show notes right now. Just scroll down. You can actually click on investformore.com. It's a real estate investing blog that has a popular YouTube channel and he's also published eight books. You're like, what? <laughs> I've thought about, I've thought about eight book ideas, but actually <laughs> doing the things that you need to have eight books out is incredible. So that's just a little bit about the background, but let's get into the meat of how is it that he has 200 extra people opting in to follow his Instagram each and every day. So Mark, my first question to you is, what is your superpower? Uh, well, thanks for having me, Adam. Great to be here. Um, I asked my nephew, my superpowers and it's commercial real estate Instagram lately and getting money financing. So um, I do a lot of stuff, but those have been the things the last year or so that have really stood out as far as what we've been able to accomplish. All right. The next most important question that needs to come out is you, you said that you're really good at getting money and I'm, I'm sure that that's uh, both debt and equity, both uh, private lenders and banks, right? Correct. Yep. So here's the thing. If you're so good at that, does it have anything to do with having 70, 80,000 followers on Insta on Instagram? Yes. Now I, I don't know if it's directly linked to Instagram, but it's definitely linked to social media and my blog and me being out there in the public ice. So I've got at least three private lenders who would have no idea who I was if they didn't find me online. Awesome. Okay. So, there was a time that even Mark Ferguson, the legendary Mark Ferguson, may have had zero followers on Instagram. Fast forward a couple of years, and now we have seventy to 80,000, 
And by the time this comes out, it's going to be more because you have <laughs> so many people uh, signing up to follow you every single day. Um, but what would be the process if the listener is like, well, I'm, I'm right there where Mark was a couple years ago. I have zero followers. And I'd love to have 60, 70, 80, 90,000 followers in the next couple of years. Do you have a process? Do you have a step-by-step? Do you have best practices? What types of things are you posting? What time of the day are you posting? If, if we could just pick your brain to share with that listener how, how to go from where you were a couple of years ago to where you are today, I think that's going to help them quite a bit. Yeah, no, I mean, I kind of just had no idea what I was doing when I started Instagram. I hopped on there. I'm like, Oh, this looks cool. We'll post some stuff. And, um, you know, posted some of my houses or flip projects. They did okay, but never really took it that serious. And then, um, for whatever reason, I started getting more followers and likes like, Oh, this is kind of cool. And people started messaging me. So I'm like, I'll take this more serious. And, um, I had a couple thousand followers. I think most of those I got from following other people and they followed me back. You see a lot of that on there, but I, I hired a guy. He kept, People will bug you all day long trying to get you to, to help them or have them help you market. So it's crazy. But finally I picked it out and I'm like, hey, I'll pay like 300 bucks to see what you do. And he posted for me and I didn't like a lot of his posts because they weren't what I really felt. They were different things, but some of them worked and they're like motivational. And so I said, okay, I can do what he's doing, but with my own content. I'm like, I can, I looked at what other people were doing who were, popular on Instagram. And a lot of it is the same posts kind of over and over again, reused. And I'm like, well, I can make posts like this, except be unique and have my own content and speak directly to real estate investors. And so that's what I started doing is I would make my own memes, my own posts, um, lots of informational posts. So like how, you know, the, how to get financing on flips, um, how to calculate cash flow on rentals. Um, I talked a lot of personal stuff about me, about my own properties. And I would go into the details on expenses, mortgage payments, um, equity, you know, what kind of properties I just shared everything I could. And, um, what I noticed with Instagram was some posts did great and some not so great. And the one key thing, if you want to take away from Instagram or even YouTube and some of the other social media platforms is momentum. Like if you start getting, you know, some popular posts going, um, you get a post with like a hundred likes. Like I used to be so excited when I hit a hundred. Um, but then you post, like maybe you just want to post something to post something and you post something silly and it gets like 10 likes. It's really hard to get back up to a hundred likes again. Cause Instagram will punish you if what you post isn't popular. So there's this fine line of posting popular things, informational things, and not posting just the same junk everyone else posts. So, um, but momentum is important. Like you really want to focus on posting high quality, good content that people will like. And I think that's more important than just posting all the time. So when I first started posting, it'd be like once a day, maybe even once every couple of days. And then as I got data, so, you know, Instagram has a lot of different data that you can look up. You can go to your insights tab. It can tell you your top posts for the last year from reach likes, all kinds of different things. And so you can pay attention to what your most popular posts are, what works the best. 
And it's all about keeping track of those, seeing what people like, and then trying to keep producing the popular posts. And if you can build that momentum, that's when Instagram really starts to, Hey, start putting your posts on like, you know, the real estate page or, you know, the mortgage page or the mindset pages. And that's when you can build those followers. And, um, so it's, it's a lot of it's trial and error. A lot of it's just, you know, making good content and consistency. You know, you can't take a week off or two weeks off or a month off and come back and, and think everything is going to be just as it was. Um, you do need to post pretty consistently. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, what does consistently mean? It, it varies based on your account. So I think it's kind of like, you know, if you're not going to be super crazy active, some people post every day or two or even every three or four days, but they've built up that reputation for posting that much. People expect it and it works for them. Other people, maybe they post every day or twice a day and people kind of expect that. And I, you know, I'm not an Instagram executive. I don't know how all their algorithm algorithms work, but you know, I maybe Instagram pays attention to that too. If you make big changes in your, you know, activity, they might pay attention to that. So my thing is if you're posting two times a day, try and post two times a day as much as you can. Um, if you're posting once every couple of days, try and keep doing that to be consistent because that's what your followers expect. And your followers are really who's going to drive your, your um, page up. Cause the more they like, the more they comment, the more they engage, the more Instagram will show that to other people who aren't following you yet. Okay. Well, I cut you off. So do you remember what you're about to say or should I ask a question? Um, no, I can keep going. So <laughs> um, something that's um, very important too is just um, hashtags. You know, a lot of people talk about that. And so we, you can use, was it up to 30 hashtags, 50? And you want them to be you know, specific to what you're posting. So we've always kind of used real estate, real estate investor, real estate investing, flipping, rentals, whatever we're talking about. And you want to mix them up though. You know, you don't want to keep using the same exact ones over and over again. Cause I've heard the Instagram will pay attention to that. You know, if you're just copying and pasting every time that I think can hurt you some. Now, again, these are kind of things I've heard in my gut. I don't have any concrete data to back it up, but we try and mix up the hashtags, try different stuff, use them. Um, there's different ideas on where to put them. Uh, some people put them in a comment, like the first comment you list all your hashtags. And some people will put them in the post directly. Again, a rumor and some people say putting them in your comments, Instagram might punish you if you keep doing that over and over again. Mm. Uh, I, I used to do that and I actually um, got blocked by Instagram. One day I had no idea why. <laughs> so I don't know if that was it or something else, but I recently started putting them in my, um, my actual post now. So I'll walk mm. you exactly how I do a post is because we link to Facebook. So that's one thing too is I can make an Instagram post and it, do the little slider bar, link it directly to Facebook and Twitter. So automatically post to both of those. May so, I ask a question on, on yes. linking it to your Facebook? Um, because I understand that there's, there's a way to link personal uh, Instagram to personal Facebook, or I think you can link um, business page Instagram to business page uh, Facebook. And so I have tried business to business and you know, there's a lot of things that you're saying to do that I don't do consistency. I'm not doing mm -hmm. um, the hashtags. I'm pretty much always using this thing called display and I 
generate hashtags and I'll paste it into the comments and it does these five dots with enters, which will mm-hmm. fold it up and make it just look like three dots and you don't know that there's hashtags. Um, and I only have like six-ish thousand followers on Instagram. So obviously you, you're doing something different and it's really working for you. Um, so before we go past where we are now, when you're talking about you're linking your Insta to your Facebook, are you saying you're going personal to personal or business to business? I'm going business to business. Okay. So I, I will. So I'll, when I do, I'll walk you through how I do a post. So let's say I have a meme on the top real estate movies. That's one that's really popular for me. I have like the top six real estate movies, like the money pit, um, the super, you know, it's one a lot of people don't remember with Joe Pesci when he takes over an apartment building. Um, the Big Short, 99 Homes, some of my favorite movies. And so I'll post on Instagram and I'll do a caption and I, I will repost memes, you know, my most popular ones, but I always write a brand new caption. I write something unique or maybe I'll even change the picture up depending on what's going on in the world. And I'll write my little caption there and then I'll post it. So post to Facebook, post to Twitter with my caption and the picture. And then I'll go back to Instagram and I'll edit my post and I'll go in and add my hashtags. So that way, I don't know. This is just something I started doing. I'm, I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but it's worked for me. That way, when it posts to Facebook, it doesn't have like 50 hashtags on it. And people are like, oh, it's an Instagram post. But like, you're not even trying. It, you know, it, it doesn't look like that. It, it looks yeah. like a Facebook post. Um, I can even post links on um, Instagram, even though you can't click on a link in a post. Then the link shows up on Facebook. And I'm not like, you know, editing everything back and forth, spending all this crazy time doing that. And then when I go back to edit the Instagram post, I'll say, link on my profile or search for invest for more on YouTube or something like that. So people can then actually get that link on Instagram and go to my profile or, you know, wherever they need to go, but it's still right there available on Facebook. So um, we're doing business to business that kind of helps differentiate them a little bit. So it doesn't look like I'm always just posting Instagram stuff, even though that's what I'm doing. (laughs) And then, um, you know, we're always, I'm always responding to comments, you know, it takes a lot of time to do this and really build it up. Yeah, I've heard. So that's one of the things that really works on my Facebook profile. So I work with people to help them grow their Facebook influence, right? And, And I'll show them a few tricks. And sometimes they're like, this is so much work. Like, and, mm-hmm. and, but it's true. It, Facebook wants you to be on Facebook. Insta wants you to be on Insta and um, they want you to hold other people's attention on Insta. So they're not going to YouTube and getting caught in a loop of different videos. They want you to stay there. Right. So with you, um, you do something else that I don't do on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, because <laughs> I always mix those two up uh, because I'm focused a lot on just one platform, just Facebook. And it takes enough time to uh, follow up. If I post something, then I need to, I I need to follow up in the comments. Usually I'm not putting a link in Facebook rather, rather than that. I, I kind of point down and say, if you want the link and I give that emoji where it points down, if you want that link, let me know in the comments. 
And then when they comment, I don't just give them the link in the comments. I just, I ask them if they want me to PM it to them or if they want me to email. This just keeps the engagement going and it's really boosted my Facebook. Um, I don't, I haven't been able to really focus on it on Instagram. So I have two questions for you. Number one, uh, do you have helpers helping you to follow up on Insta? And number two, if not, how the heck do you do all of this <laughs> while you're, uh, you've, you said you've, you flipped 190 houses, 20 to 30 this year. That means you have two or three going on, maybe four going on all the time at one time. And it could be enough to just flip one house, house at a time, right? So I want to understand how hard is it for you to actually stay doing this? And if it's so hard for you to do it alone, did you bring in a team that helps you to make sure that you're following up with 70, 80,000 people that are following you? No, really good question. So one thing you said about Facebook too, like your focus on is on Facebook and mine is not mine's more on Instagram. So like when I'm posting those links on Facebook and stuff that probably does, you know, if I was interacting all the time on Facebook, my Facebook would be doing better than it is right now. I just prefer to focus on Instagram, but you're so right. They're two completely different platforms and you can't do the exact same things on them. And, and with Instagram right now, it is me commenting, replying, posting everything on my invest for more page. Now I have a blue steel real estate page and my nephew does that. So I've kind of showed him what I do on my page. He does our office page. Cool. And it's fun for me right now to do the invest for more stuff. I mean, I don't, I can't reply to every comment. That's impossible. But you know, when it first pops up, I'm there trying to reply to the first comments, at least I'll pop back in and, you know, kind of glance at it real quick. But it's one of those things where you kind of, you can get sucked into it and spend all day there if you want. You know, you've got to yeah. dedicate some time. Hey, maybe, you know, three or four times a day, I'm going to pop in for 10 or 15 minutes. And it takes time to build Instagram like that because I'm doing four to six posts a day now. Like Holy I'm posting, yeah, no, I'm posting a lot. And I don't see other people doing that. I may be completely messing up, but it's been working. So I just keep doing it. And I've built up a library of memes of like, 500 probably different memes I've created just over a year, just custom memes I've made that are all unique to me. And so I have this li library I can go back to and it's not like I'm posting new stuff every day, but mm -hmm. it's stuff that people haven't seen for a while. When you're gaining that many followers, you know, you've got 10,000 people a month who haven't seen it yet. And then, um, you know, once in a while you get a guy like, Oh, I've seen this one already. I'm like, well, 10,000 people haven't. And sometimes seeing something twice gets it in your brain better than seeing it once. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, and you, and I, and that's another thing that really helps me is you have to keep track of your most popular posts, like the ones that just kill it and keep using those because like 20 pretty good posts will not do as good as one awesome post. Like one awesome post can get you 2000 followers, you know, if it's really takes off and that's where you really get that kind of momentum. So I've tried to make sure I have, you know, I have like probably 10 to 15 really awesome posts that we space out. And so if I start losing that momentum, you can kind of see it like, you know, your posts start getting less likes, post one of those really good ones. Hopefully people start jump on it and that just kind of helps you build that momentum on your account again. Wow. So 
do you consult for helping other people crush it on Insta? Because I think you could start a business doing this stuff. <laughs> I don't. This is the first time I've ever talked about it. That's so, so funny. It's funny. But, well, I mean, you have 500 memes, 500 right. memes that you created. I've never, yeah. I, I think if I add up every post <laughs> that I've ever done on my Insta, I doubt it's 500. That's just saying, that seems, that seems amazing. But anyway, yeah. I cut you off again. So do you remember what you were about to say? Um, no, I don't remember, but. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, oh, what was I going to say? It's about the, the memes, um, the momentum. Uh, what were we talking about? I can't even remember. That's okay. I have, yeah. some, I have some more questions. Oh, the, so the you were talking. Consulting. Sorry, the consulting. Yes. No, I was just talking with my nephew and I'm like, hey, what if I just create an Instagram program? And he's like, you have too many things going on right now. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> ah, I think we can fit it in. So I may do it, but it would be a real short, small thing. I don't, I don't have time to actually, you know, personally consult people, but maybe we'll create something. We'll see. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right. So stay tuned. Go to investforfourmore.com and, and maybe there's going to be something on there later. Who knows? All right. So hashtags. You, you said something that stuck out to me, and I think it's important that everyone hear it. You mentioned that you are often doing like 30 hashtags, which I think is the max mm -hmm. on Insta, and you're, you're utilizing that. And when you send it to Facebook, you don't want it to have the hashtags. And I thought that was something that kind of st stood out. I know a lot of people that are trying to use hashtags on Facebook. So Mark Ferguson, why don't you use hashtags on Facebook? The only reason is because I don't like how it looks. That's it. Okay. I, I could be totally wrong. I could be hurting myself. But every time I see a post on Facebook and it has like 30 hashtags, I'm like, well, that's just an Instagram post. And for some reason, it just gives me a negative feeling, even though I, I shouldn't really. Yeah. And that's the only reason. So I have no reason besides that. So... <laughs> I've always felt like it's pointless to use hashtags on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see people following them like they do on Instagram and LinkedIn now, but uh, on Facebook, it just, it, it just more looks like spam. So sometimes I use a hashtag on Facebook, but it's, it's just something funny. Like I'll be talking about the coronavirus, which is happening all around us while we're recording this. Um, and so maybe I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll take a picture of, uh, of the supermarket where there's no toilet paper and I'll, I will put hashtag COVD or hashtag coronavirus, uh, hashtag F F M L or whatever that would right, be. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not because I want people to find it. It's just because I think that the hashtags come across as, Oh, that's cute. You know, that's mm -hmm. a funny post. So I was, I was curious if, if, where you were on that. And it sounds like we're pretty similar. You, you just don't feel like it's going to get you the same results. You feel like it's going to basically go against you to have it on Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And you're huge on bigger pockets as well. So I want to find out what, um, what amount of time are you spending on Insta crushing it and on bigger pockets? Because on the bigger pockets platform, everyone knows you. Um, that's interesting because I spend almost no time on bigger pockets right now, to oh, be okay. honest. Um, okay. I used to write for them. I used to, so I think that's where a lot of people know me from. Um, I comment on a few things now, mostly some of the, 
Morris Invest stuff, which I don't know if you want to get into that or not. But um, I that's about it. I really, like I said, I have to be very careful with my time. And um, I just don't have time right now to be on the forums that much. But mm. if someone mentions me, if someone pops up like, oh, I'll, I'll hop on there. I'll respond to people, you know, but I'm not on there a lot anymore. I think I have, you know, some a few thousand posts on my profile, but those were from a, a few years ago. <laughs> All right. So I'm getting excited because the next part of our show is going to get a little bit more into your, your what you've done in real estate. Um, it's, it's called the final five. It's my favorite part of the show. And we are going to do that. But first, we need to take a quick break for our sponsor. Hey, it's Adam Adams. And I want to take a second to say thank you to one of our sponsors. Now, if you've tried to earn a full-time income flipping houses the traditional way, you know it takes a lot of money. Putting 10 or 20% down on each house adds up fast. Plus, you could lose hundreds of thousands of dollars if you get caught holding a few houses when the market crashes. Well, what if I told you that there was a better way to flip houses? A way that didn't require much upfront capital, a way that made it easy to find more fix and flip deals than you could even handle. And best of all, a way that insulated you from losing all your money in a market crash. Well, I'm here to tell you that there is a simple way to quit your job and flip houses full time. It's called fix and list deal. Eric Young used the strategy to quit his job, double his income, and become a self-made house flipper in less than a year. Eric's a real estate investor located in Denver, and he's perfected the fix and list strategy over the last four years. And he's got a free giveaway. Learn how you can implement the fix and list strategy by watching Eric's free video lessons at fixandlistsecrets.com. It may just change your life. Mr. Mark Ferguson, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? Um, I'm not very creative with real estate. I really like fundamentals, but I have a really cool deal I did that has a lot of processes. So um, it, it started, I, I bought a personal house in 2009. It was a foreclosure deal, um, bought it from the trustee sale, borrowed money from my father-in-law, my sister to pay cash. We refinanced it. And then I refinanced it again to get $50,000 cash out. So this is back when I didn't have a whole lot of money. And I used part of that money to buy my very first rental property in 2010. So I bought that property for 96,000 here in, uh, was it Greeley, Colorado? And that rented for like 1,050. We held that property for nine years. Rent slowly went up to $1,500 a month. And as you know, in Colorado, prices are crazy. Cash flow is disappearing on residential rentals. So it was to a point where it was worth almost $300,000 and renting for 1,500 a month. And I just saw all this equity in there not making any money. I could refinance it, but I'm like, well, if I refinance it, then I'm not really making any cash flow. And is that a good idea? So what I ended up doing is like, even though I didn't really want to, it had some sentimental value being my first rental. I'm like, I think I'm going to sell it. It was coming up to be vacant. So I ended up selling it for 275,000 and I 1031 exchanged it into a commercial property that I bought for 592,000. So um, we actually did that kind of crazy. I got the commercial property under contract first, had 90 days to close, listed the rental property, got it under contract, got it closed like two days before we bought the commercial property to complete the 1031 exchange. And then that commercial property um, was really cheap. It was 10,000 square feet in Eaton, Colorado. And um, it was under rented. There's a, a fence company in there leased for 
$2,800 a month or something. And so we renegotiated the lease for half of the property. And now we're trying to lease the other half. So once we get that other half leased based on cap rates, as long as the world doesn't end, uh, (laughs) it'll be worth over a million dollars. So that's just kind of my cool story from starting with a personal house that I basically had almost none of my own money into to buying my first rental to turning that in to potentially a million dollar commercial rental property. Love it. Yeah. Thank you for going into that. Mark, what's a book you recommend? Um, I always like to recommend things that maybe not everybody's heard. Um, Rework is one I just read that was really, really good. And I feel bad because I can't remember who wrote it. But um, it's a little different from your normal entrepreneurial book, um, you know, about having to get big and massive and huge. It's more about kind of like, you know, keeping within yourself, really focusing on the customers who matter. And um, you don't have to grow gigantic and fast to be successful. And it's really quick read. Like there's kind of points, one or two page chapters, and it's had so many good points in it. I just, I love that book. Awesome. I'm looking it up. It looks like it has three authors, so I'll skip yes. naming them. <laughs> um, all right. The next question is really my favorite one. And I know you've been doing real estate since 2002, Mark, um, which we're coming up on 20 years for you in the business. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. You know, congrats. Right. Thank you. Uh, But one of the things that I feel helps the listener a lot is, is just taking it back uh, just five years, understanding where you were, and then we, we forward it out and project it out for five years. So basically just tell me where were you five years ago? What were you stressed about? What were you going through? What were you um, purchasing? And, uh, and then again, uh, on the same question, where will you be in five years from today? Right. So five years ago, um, I had, so I, I started working with my dad right after college. He was a real estate agent, flipped houses once in a while. Um, and I had just bought him out of the business kind of the end of 2013. So I had 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 control of everything for about a year at that point. And so I took a very aggressive, um, we went from flipping like eight houses a year to 12 to 16. And so I was really ramping things up. Um, I was an REO broker. So I sold foreclosures, HUD homes from 2007 to right about 2015. So we had sold 200 houses a year for a few years. But at that point, it was all starting to kind of like go down (laughs) because there just weren't many foreclosures in Colorado. So it was a really big transition from being an REO agent, really focusing on, you know, the real estate agent side. I had assistants, I had a team um, to focusing more on the investing side of flipping houses, ramping that up. I started my blog right about the start of 2013 or middle of 2013. So that was starting to get popular. I was working on my first books. I think I started my YouTube channel right around then. So it was a huge transition period, really exciting, really fun, but also kind of stressful knowing, Hey, a big source of my income is going to be gone or is slowly going away. How are we going to like change that and, and transition to a new start? Um, projecting out to 2025. Um, it's crazy how much things have changed in my career over the years. I'm not, you know, we're not just focusing on one thing, but I think what I would love to do is really 
be at a point where we're not flipping as many houses. I, I don't think I can ever stop flipping. I've, I always say I'm addicted to buying real estate. And this year I've tried to slow down a little bit. And it's like every time I buy a house, I get so excited and I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. But <laughs> um, So I'll probably still do that forever if I had to guess. But I really want to be focused more on the commercial side, value add commercial. And by that point, hopefully, you know, we're, we're doing kind of big deals where we've got tons of cash saved up to be able to buy these deals, maybe get leases in place, refinance them into long-term loans. And that's our real focus is just kind of those bigger commercial deals, building the portfolio. And it kind of, one of my goals that I recently set this year was to buy a million square feet of commercial real estate space. So that would be kind of halfway to that point. I think we're at 142,000 right now. So um, that's where I would be in the future. And one other thing too, you mentioned before about Instagram, I want to get back to. Okay. I don't have a huge team helping me with Instagram but I have an awesome team that helps me with the flips, the brokerage, um, all, a lot of other stuff. So I am not doing this on my own by any means. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, the next question is just how you give back. Like what's your one way of, of giving back to the community or giving back to other people? Um, there's a few things. One thing, I mean, we do um, a lot for the local food bank. That's kind of the, the most visible um, way we do it. We always buy a table every year, which their dinner just got canceled, unfortunately, for the year because of everything. But we're always there. Um, I actually auctioned off a ride of one of my cars one year there, which was kind of fun. And um, we're trying to promote them, help them out as much as we can. I do a lot for Make-A-Wish is one of my favorite charities. Um, One of my REO groups, NRBA, used to do a ton for them. And then once REO disappeared, that group's still around, but I stopped working with them. But I've still doing a lot with them. And then something I really try and do besides just giving money is um, educating people. You know, um, a lot of my stuff is completely free on the blog. I've tried to focus on books, not doing, you know, super expensive coaching programs, but giving access to a lot of people. And one of the books I wrote was kind of for kids or the, or high school or young adults about just how to transition from a normal job into like real estate and buying rental and kind of changing your life. So that was something I really want to do. It's a lot of work writing a book, um, but it, it can be really rewarding when you see it actually helps people. Maybe we'll have you back um, because I'm trying to write two books right now. Um, and I'm sure that not only I could learn, but others could learn how you wrote Build a Rental Empire, uh, Fix and Flip Your Way to Financial Freedom, How to Buy a House, Buying into Success, and your other four books as well. Um, Before I let you go, let's just make sure that the listener knows the best way that they'd be able to find you or get a hold of you. Um, Yeah, that's my blog, investformore.com. We have like 300 free articles on there. Um, And then my email is mark at investformore.com. So I still try to respond to emails. It can be tricky sometimes, but I do my best. And then of course, um, I'm responding to comments on YouTube, on Instagram. You know, that's me really responding if people are leaving stuff. So I try to, I try to answer every question I can. I can't always respond to every comment that's like a thumbs up or a smiley face. But if people are asking actual questions, I do my best to, to respond to them on there. 
So the email is mark at invest for more F O U R. And don't worry the email and the link investformore.com are going to be both in the show notes right now. So just scroll down. You'll be able to connect with Mark. Mark, thank you for coming on the show. I'm grateful for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. This is Jason J. Lou Lewis, co-host of the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I want to say it's an absolute honor to have you as a listener, and we thank you for tuning in today. We also want to thank our sponsor, FixAndListSecrets.com. They have that great free video lesson, and in that video lesson, you will learn to never struggle to find or fund your next fix and flip deal again. Learn how to flip houses without ever taking out a mortgage or a hard money loan. You can now flip houses full-time and not have the risk of losing money in a real estate market crash. There's a simple way to flip houses full-time, and this is it. Visit FixAndListSecrets.com. See you on our next episode.